How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I am joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going. Today's yeah. been... It's been a Thursday. Yeah, man. Yes, man. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just a lot. I don't know. That's fair. Thursday, you're approaching the end of the week. Um, stuff maybe you still want to get done. Uh... But you don't yet have that Friday end of the workday, end of responsibilities. Let's go into everything for the weekend. Just It's a midweek feel. Is that what you're saying? Uh, not quite. It's just the meetings I had for work were long and stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was cleaning a bit today. Um, I threw out a lot of sound foam today. Mm. Yeah. I debated hitting you up and like, do you want this? But I was like, I, I what's he can so use it much. for? <laughs> he also probably already has a whole corner of. I have, I'm just going to show Dave in the video here, a massive garbage bag, absolutely full of sound foam. Um, because I bought it from a distributor. Oh, okay. <laughs> like in bulk. And I was just like, I could, do, I could just straight up like cover the walls in this. And then I didn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> I might still someday, but. I don't know. So I'm yeah, good I on this. Like I you. need a very dedicated space that's not as big as my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was going to do that. Yeah. Because like it adds up quick. And if I ever like, let's say it was having guests over, I don't want them to be like, what's going on here? Creepy dungeon room. I'm like, uh-huh. ah, don't worry about <laughs> it. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the, the, uh, what you what you really need most of the time for for the listeners out there a little bit of audio advice is you want something on whatever surface is like um behind or or facing the microphone so if you're sitting in a chair looking at your microphone you want the sound on the sound panels on the wall behind you because that's where the sound's going to bounce back and then bounce back to the microphone in the case of a condenser mic where it'll come in um, so that's why you'll see like on streamers and stuff like that. A lot of times they just have like three or four panels back mm-hmm. there specifically just to catch the AOE of sound and minimize it going to the uh, the microphone. Although it's much funnier to be like you have like uh, like a thousand panels. I'm just going to cover the ceiling and the walls and the floor. <laughs> you just walk into the room, you say hello and you don't even hear, <laughs> hear it yourself. <laughs> if a tree falls in a recording studio, do you hear anything? No. <laughs> yep. But that's fair. Cleaning up the apartment's always good. A little bit yeah. of that fall cleaning. I, December. Do you get this? Yeah. I I have a little bit of OCD, not a crazy amount, because if you've seen me hang art, I don't mm. give two shits if it's uneven. Mm. Um, I actually get now slight enjoyment from people being like, that doesn't look right. Mm. <laughs> it bothers them. Um but I like doing the Tetris solving of I have a large box for recycling and then I fit smaller boxes into it. Ah, okay. No, that's cool. I like trying to fit it all in together. And at a point, maybe sometimes you just step on it with your shoes angrily for three minutes. Yeah. Um, but I like the assembling things together. Then I take out one fairly dense piece of cardboard, which mm-hmm. is comprised of many different cereal boxes, uh, Amazon boxes and other things. I like that idea. Maybe I would be a proponent of that approach. Um, I do have like a, we don't have a garbage can, like a large uh, plastic bin for garbage. So my garbage just stays in bags and I put it next to the road. Um, It's kind of convenient because I don't have to bring anything in afterwards. But for that brief period of time, usually the night before it's picked up, I mean, there was just garbage on my lawn, (laughs) you know, in the form of bags. But I do have one of those for recycling. And it's basically the same thing as one of those garbage bins. So unfortunately, most of the time, it's more pragmatic for me to like cut cardboard with like a box yeah. cutter or something into sheets and put it in there. I mean, Plastic box cutters are fun too. Mm-hmm. That's true. There's just some part of the reverse entropy of that mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. where I'm like, I'm making things cleaner and more efficient. Yes. God forbid I ever do dishes, but like, do you want me to destroy some cardboard? Mm, fuck yeah, I'm yeah. down for that. We had a we we tend to build up a fair amount and then cut it all down at once, though. So it turns into like this is a little bit of an like a little bit of effort. Um, it would be more efficient maybe to stay up on it, but 
I do love just like the basic box cutter idea. It's just like, all right, we're cutting with this blade and stuff. It's starting to get like a little bit dull. You can flip it. It's like a reversible blade. It's sharp on both sides. Yeah. So you just flip it around, same blade. Oh, that one's starting to get dull. Let me just crack open the handle where there is another blade stored. And it's just, it's great. I'll um, be honest, before um, our, our friend's wedding, if you remember, mm-hmm. uh, I was helping use a box cutter to essentially cut a chunk into a book mm-hmm. where they were going to yes. have the rings, right? Yeah. And a friend set me up with like a box cutter and all these extra blades. And I was like, looking at her kind of like, huh? Because I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, a box cutter. You use it until it stops working and buy another one. <laughs> yes. The concept of exchangeable blades only worked for like Gillette razors and toothbrushes and like nothing else. Yeah. I will say, though, I think I've advocated for it before, but my my shaving, face shaving, like plan or not plan, but approach is to use a safety box razor. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I use like a safety razor with just like the little blades for that. And for everybody who's like stuck in the market of just buying constant, like, Oh, this is a triple blade, quad blade, whatever. This one has 10 blades, like disposable razors. It is so much less expensive to just be like, Hey, give me a hundred blades. They're like, sure. That that'll be five bucks with shipping. Yeah. (laughs) That's yours. (laughs) That's yours now. Um, I do love that. I actually recently got some, this was meant to be like extra blades because I already have a razor. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, clearly that part will be detachable and I'll just swap it out for this one. Apparently it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm just not seeing the mechanism to disable it without like snapping some plastic. Um, so right now I just hold it between my my thumb and my forefinger and drag it across my face. Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> to be fair. Like I'm just like shoring up my cheeks. Yes, because like I have a beard. I don't want it to kind of grow in, up and into my face. I mean, I might mm. do the neck a little bit too, so it's trimmed. But yeah, the uh, the closest the closest equivalent to that. It's not a safety razor anymore. It's just a straight razor. Mm-hmm. Um, but people, the the, the go to visualization, I think that people might see it, think of in pop culture. Although this is not helpful, is uh, Sweeney Todd. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he used a, he used a straight razor. Um, Safety razors aren't like that. It's got like a little bit of a, a covering above and below it. You could still absolutely cut yourself with it. But the idea is if you're holding it at a 90 degree angle, like it's not going to happen. Or not 90, 45 degree angle um, or 40 degree angle against the grain. It's it's very difficult to visualize and I'm not good at angles on the spot. But you know what I'm talking about? Uh, it's not going to like chunk you or cut you or do anything serious yeah. like that. I do like your first attempt at like a, nine, a perpendicular blade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The other thing while we're talking about shaving advice is um, properly moisturizing before and afterwards. Huge. And... Huge. If you get like shaving oil or something like that and you can put that on your face, it is so much more difficult to like nick yourself. It's like heat in the form of like a rag or a towel or something like that. And then some sort of pre-shave uh, balm or oil. Perfect. I'm, I'm full squinty eyes over here. Mainly because I haven't tried that yet myself. <laughs> That's uh, right. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> the, way, the way I grew up, as my, my dad taught me, is like, you run a sink full of hot water. And that's where you kind of like rinse off the blade in general. And also because of the heat, it helps be less actively irritating on the skin. Yes. But... You grab a little bit of that water, put your hands in it, and then you use shaving cream, lather mm-hmm. yourself all up. Um, do that until like the blade kind of is, I guess, too full of hair and shaving cream. Kind mm-hmm. of rinse it off in the hot water. And you essentially repeat that process until you're good. Uh, and then afterwards, I don't really use anything post. I just take like a, I guess like a hand towel you'd have like in the kitchen for like dishes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it like fully soaked of hot water. And then just like put my whole face in it and like slowly drag down. Gotcha. So okay. part of that is it feels nice. Uh, and the other part is it's not going to irritate your skin as much. And it's going to catch all those little extra bits that are just kind of like stuck onto your, your neck or mm-hmm. your chin. Yeah. All of those steps, I think I would include uh, with the exception of the last one in my regimen. Um, yeah, I still use shaving cream. That's just you apply it on top of like your oiled face. Mm-hmm. I don't always use oil, but I have noticed that like when I do, it's 
definitely harder to <laughs> cut myself. And this could also be part of a function of a safety razor. If you're like a million blades, it may be even it might be so difficult. It does not matter whether you're using oil or not. Um, but I will say for that last phase, um, definitely don't use like a shaving um, a shaving balm or something like that with alcohol because that could have caused irritation. Avoid that. Um, but a cold towel or a cold rinse on the face will cause uh, pores to close up, um, which can help a little bit if you did nick yourself or something like that. Um, hmm. So it's just different. different I'm, I'm a bit of a free bleeder. I'll say it. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. We got a bleed. What was that from? We got a bleeder. I don't know. Anyways, um, probably a horror movie. Uh, that's my segue. Actually, I saw a video on YouTube recently. Um, that was uh, breaking down. I've never seen Final Destination, but it was breaking down the logic of the Final Destination series mm -hmm. and like trying to establish what the rules of death were. And um, my only real interaction with Final Destination was as a kid, I was like, this is too violent for me. <laughs> and uh, even as an adult, seeing some of like the quick deaths and stuff like that, I was like, this is not really what I'm into. It looks really fake, though, which does help a little bit. Um, and then the last thing was there's a really awesome rock track for it's either the final destination or one of the really recent ones. The theme is just awesome. Um, well, just like, I'll, I'm going to forget to put it here. Who has the edit? Do you have the edit or do I have it? I think you do. I do. Okay. I'm going to take a footnote here. Here's a little excerpt from it. Uh, the final destination song, if I can find it. Um, and if not, then it's going to be really awkward that there's nothing here right after I stop talking. I remember um, when I guess the first or second one came out when mm. it's kind of like they were showing commercials or something on TV when we still back had TV back then. Um, I just remember somebody was driving behind a giant 18 wheeler that had like a mm -hmm. flatbed Classic. with like all these logs and one of the logs slips, you know, falls out, kills the person. Mm -hmm. Anytime I would be on the road behind one of those, I'm like, I just had that little bit of like a little bit of tenseness, a little bit of white knuckling. Yeah. Um, Similar to when I played Sonic Adventure Battle 2, anytime I'm driving downhill and there's a black truck behind me, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I think that uh, at least at least for Americans, maybe this is an overreach, but like I never saw it. I think the trailer for Silent Hill might have had that like log sequence, but they cut the gore out. Or Final something. Destination. Yeah, Final Destination. What did I say? Silent Hill. Silent Hill. Oh no, that's a different thing. <laughs> Very different. Different thing. Um, they go for different vibes, but you know, it's really in the killing people genre. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that was like in a trailer or a teaser or something. And so, I think that literally just exists in the zeitgeist of people that are behind log carrying trucks now. Yeah. Already, people might have been thinking about it, like, oh, what if a log falls off? But specifically, what if it falls straight off and goes straight through the windshield and just ends me? Yeah. <laughs> That's not super pragmatic, um, but it's a fear. Um, I think it's in the same way that where um, anytime people saw static on TVs, probably even today, more so like 10 or 15 years ago, people got like a little bit unnerved because of how popular the ring was. Mm -hmm. Um for a second, I was like, "Are you? Is this leading into static shock, or is this the literal <laughs> static on the television?" When you go touch your like, TV, not... it reminds me of a black superhero from the night. <laughs> That's where I thought maybe it was gonna go. Voiced by Phil Lamar. No, uh -huh. um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else like that where I have these built-in thoughts or like knee-jerk. I wouldn't say fears, mm -hmm. but kind of like, hmm. I think I don't. This is very specific. I'll, I'll I'll finish the the final destination thing. The TLDR is, uh, none of it really follows consistency. It's a really and it's a, it's sad because it's a cool setup, right? Like the idea is you escaped death, so you, like death is owed your death, pretty much. Mm -hmm. But they like really don't do any sort of world building with that. Um. I and mean, if they do, it's very rare. And sometimes they 
invert the rules. Like apparently there was one movie because it's supposed to go down the list in the order people would have died, um, but then didn't because the person who got the premonition stopped it. Um, but one of the movies, it goes in reverse order for like no real reason. Um, and then it's like, oh, if someone gets saved, so they didn't die when they were being killed, it'll like skip them to go to the next person and then like come back to them. It's like, what? it's all, it's all just weird, but it's not consistent. That's the problem. Um, I will say I'm not a horror movie buff by any means, but I always enjoy when movies are well done. Uh-huh. Um, I think the closest I ever got to a horror movie was, have you seen Tucker and Dale versus evil? No. Do you know the synopsis? I do not. Okay. Nor do my nor do our listeners. So <laughs> I think who, in the gallery. <laughs> do you remember who washes from a Firefly? Firefly. Mm-hmm. He's in it and somebody else is. They're Tucker and Dale, and like they're just guys who like have a cabin, like live out in the woods, they're buddies. Um, but like they're really just completely normal people. Mm-hmm. And then like some teenagers, like or I guess like a young-ish people maybe early 20s like show up for the weekend as like a like you know things are gonna happen to them but again Mm -hmm. these guys are completely normal guys absolutely good guys Mm -hmm. but these kids keep getting into situations where they die and Uh, yeah they're like what the fuck's happening why do these kids keep dying and then every time like they just happen to be around so Uh they assume that these people who like you know live out in this cabin are the ones committing these atrocities um that's so good and like many times like they're trying to save them and it just doesn't work out uh-huh um it's the uh the like national lampoon style like humor where it's just like oh they're both behind a sheet and he's really trying to save him but it looks like he's strangling him or yes, something yes yeah a-, a lot of stuff like that um i mean it does actually have like go somewhere with like a resolution and everything mm-hmm. but i i enjoy the idea of that because like they're just trying to you know hang out and live and these people mm-hmm. show up and start dying on their property <laughs> yeah no that that is that is an awesome premise and i think it just absolutely eclipsed anything from this this was a one of those uh like youtube documentary length videos where they're just really going into detail on it mm-hmm. and final destination is not like that and a lot of times it's just like oh we got to the end of the movie let's just kill everybody off you're like okay <laughs> i guess <laughs> um or maybe they let people live and it doesn't make any sense because now it's not consistent with the rules. Whatever. I think those would still fall under like a slasher flick. Yes. Where like is. all these people are going to die. Maybe one or survive so they can be in the sequel or uh-huh. they can have like a little bit of a cliffhanger or whatever it is. Um, they have yeah. like dumb storytelling though compared to like the setup you had, right? Because... Final Destination, it's supposed to literally be death, but the way that they inform the main characters, like in the first show, is it's just like they go to see the corpse of somebody who was killed after this, and the coroner is just like, death's coming for you. And he like literally just like gives them the verbatim dump about like <laughs> how they're going to die because of all this. And like you kind of, you're like, okay, it's the supernatural guide type character that's... Mm-hmm something but it is the laziest form of storytelling right they're like we have no idea for that like there's no way they could just figure this out so just tell them that'll make them scared and you know that'll be their state for the rest of the movie um yeah i don't so, know what it was right i recently did also click on like a, a horror movie synopsis for like the history of because i was always curious for, about the trailers for the movie pearl pearl okay which is Not tied sure. to the movie x um which is like some of the a24 stuff it was interesting but not like not my jam yeah but then it kind of segued into more of that person's channel and they also had something for jennifer's body Ah, which i never watched but i have Mm -hmm. enough of like maybe i saw some scenes from it on youtube or remember Mm -hmm. people talking about it um mainly because megan fox and amanda seyfried kissed Mm -hmm. in the movie and that clip has like the most views on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Watch Mojo um, has like, you know, 20,000 views, 20,000 views, 20,000 views, 400,000 views, 20,000 views. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you know where the cliff is. But no, it's, it's kind of like a fun universe to explore, um, mm-hmm. but kind of still be distant from it. Like, I know you're big on looking up stuff for like Dead by Daylight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've never played it yourself, but it's interesting. I to launched see. it. 
oh okay i launched it to use a blood points redemption code and then i closed it thank you amazon rewards or whatever for that you know (laughs) (laughs) so you haven't played it (laughs) no i do know a lot about it though i do watch it a lot yeah it's just it's an interesting thing to follow Mm -hmm. but yeah like i saw a clip from hellraiser on youtube and i was immediately like nope no 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 Mm -hmm. it's such a cool uh so the cenobite is the villain for from hellraiser that's in Mm -hmm. dead by daylight pyramid or uh, pinhead right yes um and his power is so cool like while he's chasing people he can you can like hold a button to go into like a rapid traversal mode you leave your body have a little out-of-body experience where you can like zoop really far ahead and then cause a, a a hook to materialize come through a portal in the air and then try to grab somebody with the hook so his thing is he doesn't just traditionally just chase people he's chasing people but then you'll see him stop for just a second and then a hook will just come out of the air and like grab you um, to like slow you down so he can catch you it's so cool like i love i love cinemite stuff sorry you mentioned hellraiser that was that was my trigger i mean that's really all i know about it. <laughs> yeah um the other cool thing is, uh, and I also haven't seen Hellraiser, but uh, they have a cube in that, which is like one of the main plot devices for mm-hmm. the movie. Um, I think it's called the uh, the Lament configuration or something like that. But even though it's a cube where you could very clearly just like twist it twice and then slide it together, um, it's basically an artifact that like evil people, I guess, are like compelled to solve and so if they solve it um that's the trigger for the cenobites to come chase them down and bring them to hell which is weird world building this is why i don't do puzzles man (laughs) it's in the game too and in dead by daylight um sometimes the villains the uh the killers will have like a meta objective they'll like place in the map and for the cenobite for pinhead um, there will be a cube somewhere on the map. And if the survivors find it, they can spend some time solving it, basically like fill a progress bar. Um, but when you start solving it, it alerts him, uh, Pinhead, where you're at, and he can come through a portal to interrupt you. Like just portal to right where you're at. But maybe that takes him away from a chase or you know something else going on. Um, if you complete the cube, then you basically have bought everyone a bunch of time uh, for the match um, where you're not like being harassed. But if he gets the cube, he can instantly solve it and it causes a chain hunt, which is everywhere across the map. Chains just start spawning and grabbing people and like keeping them from doing things. It's just crazy. It's really cool. Speaking of chains, mm-hmm. we haven't played payday. No, no, no. no. I was gonna <laughs> say, still on that theme. Um, I really always loved the aesthetic of Spawn. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so fucking... Like, I think Mortal Kombat 11 mm-hmm. uh, has Spawn. I don't remember if he uses chains as much. He uses cape, I know. Yes. But he's just so fucking cool. Always appreciate the aesthetic. I appreciate mm-hmm. the voice acting by... God damn it. It's I Keith literally looked David. him up yesterday. Yes, yeah, Keith David. Yeah. Also is the voice of Gargoyle mm-hmm. from Gargoyle. And soon the voice of Zavala. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Forgot the replacing, replacing for Zavala. But no, I love his voice. Um, but yeah, just a cool fucking character. And I love mm-hmm. that. I guess it's uh, Seth MacFarlane aesthetic from 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he the was movie the, was dog shit, but. The author, I think, yeah. Or not to be confused with Seth MacFarlane from Family Guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's very, very practiced. Uh, works on a lot of things. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I, I, I like the horror motif, but I'm pretty much with you. I wouldn't really watch a... I don't think I would watch a horror movie. Like, I don't know what I would get out of it. I guess pe- some people want to be thrilled. They want to be, you know put in this situation and to some of the movies you mentioned it's often paired with like this is a summer teen like we're gonna like bump up nudity and violence and just have this be a thriller or something like that um i don't personally look for those kinds of movies i've never seen nudity and been like 
do you know what this is missing? Uh-huh. <laughs> Some violence. Yeah, because I know like the uh, Final Destination had one of the ways two people had died is they were like they got into tanning beds. Um, and there's like a topless scene, like for mm-hmm. a couple seconds, like while they're cl- crawling into the beds or whatever. And you're just like, yep, that was for the audience. Like, that's exactly what this is. Um, and then like something drips like onto the bed, some like uh, plasma gunk or whatever, and like overheats them. And then like a, what happens is a plank falls down, not on top of the bed, just to hold them closed, literally between the beds. So it's like holding both of the handles down so they can't escape and they like burn to death, whatever. But like it's so apparently it immediately cuts to their caskets in the exact same configuration as the tanning <laughs> beds, which is actually just brilliant cinematography. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wouldn't yeah, I, normally watch that, but it can be you can have really compelling world building in horror games. I'm a fan of that. I like I like being thrilled to a degree. Like I enjoyed some of the Alfred Hitchcock stuff. Hmm. Um, not the birds. That was a bad movie. Um, Rosebud. <laughs> but like, there are some other good things where I, I feel titillated. I feel like a little bit of the anxiety of some of the characters. Yeah. But there's not outright fear. I don't like hmm. being jump scared. Yeah. I don't want to go to sleep and have like a, do you remember when that a lady ate somebody and like no I don't I don't uh-huh. want like the the horror part of it because mm-hmm. I don't get anything from that it just it just negative reaction all over exactly that's actually the one of the reason I'm not going to go into another two minute rant about Dead by Daylight but one of the reasons I appreciate the format of that game is there really aren't killers that jump scare you or if they do it's kind of on you. The game specifically tells you in the form of like their um, they have like a threat radius around them and the music will change if the killer's nearby. So they can't just like pop around a corner and be like, you had no idea I was here most of yeah. the time. Um, but it can be really tense running away from them because maybe you're on your last hook. So you know that if you get caught, you're going to die or maybe the your teammates are struggling or maybe you're the last one up and the killer has knocked everybody else on the ground and if they knock you down it's over right so that's kind of what i feel about lethal company is the closest i get to it because like you're minding your own business collecting loot in the dark and then shit goes down yeah um like the thing that always fucks me up is the uh the coil heads Mm mm-hmm because you hear them ever so briefly, and then you look at them, and they just stop, uh-huh. and they're sprinkling. I know I already said this when we were talking about Lethal Company before, but then trying to like navigate that situation and like running away from stuff actively, I do feel like the blood pumping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like some of that, um, but I don't want to be in that state constantly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, and even like a good horror movie probably doesn't keep you in a state of suspense all the time. It's all about the highs and the lows. Yeah, um, to to keep you thrilled, because the you can actually just get desensitized to it at a point. And if that happens, then it doesn't matter what's in the rest of your movie. People they reach their physiological thrill cap, <laughs> and they're just like, eh. If they die, they die. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, you got you to keep people invested and guessing. Um, That's why it's really good to have, I guess, like tread that balance of something's unnerving. Mm-hmm. And you're always concerned that like, you know, something could happen. You get the feeling like this person who is the perceivably evil person or the entity, whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. You're like, OK, when is it striking next? Yes. Because sometimes it'll like get dangerously close. You're like, oh. It's uh-huh. always teetering that line. Um, and then you kind of get the payoff when something does happen. But then you're like, oh, when's it going to happen again? Yes. Um, yeah, I think I think the best games can get you can hit you with that without like just shortcutting to cheap things like jump scares or whatever. Right. They build tension. Tension would be the word for it. Yeah. Um, like. I don't know if I'd throw dead space in that. Hmm. But like there definitely is a lot of good sound design that kind of keeps you tense. Because a lot of times you're going in the dark. Mm-hmm. You need to cut power to get access to something else. And then there's always stuff lurking in a vent. 
or mm-hmm. they'll kind of have something run by a window. Always yeah, keep you on your toes. They hit you with both forms of it too. Because like if you're inside, you might hear those sounds. Something like scurrying through the vents like you mentioned. But if you're in zero G, that's one of the games where they respect the whole like there's no sound in space. And then you're more likely to actually kind of get jump scared, but not really sort of. I mean, I mean, you could, you could, but you like something could just hear, walk up on you. Yeah. If Isaac Clark getting hit by something, you're like, what the fuck was that? Usually a projectile from a baby. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so they do both, right? They, they, they hit you with the sensory feedback that would make you nervous. And then they completely deprive you of your senses. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show before, um, but that was an idea. Uh, I don't want to make games. I, I don't really particularly have that much of an interest in ever making games, but an idea for a game would be a co-op game where people um, do not have access to each other's senses, basically. And then you put them in a horror situation, right? So like someone has to guide someone who cannot see away from a monster or something like that. Um, and I think that could be, that could be really intense. So I will say to a degree, um, we were here. The friendship mm-hmm. does kind of have an element of that. Right. Uh, did you get a chance to play that? Um, I don't think we played. So we played one of the earlier. We were here yeah, yeah. for call. I, for, I like, played puzzle with, uh, with Landon the one time, but basically um, one of you goes into a room and essentially gets shit faced high <laughs> and basically we found out that um you can't necessarily trust your senses ah, so okay. like you see things that are different from what the person who's not high sees gotcha. so i was playing the not high person for a little bit so i'd essentially be up higher up and i'd say like oh landon you can go here this is still actual stuff mm-hmm. and we were struggling a little bit and at some point we switched places and i actually got to experience what he was seeing where i saw a ground before it literally looks like it just drops off uh, or it'd be like, hey, you want to go here, but there's actually nothing there. Uh-huh. So it's kind of encouraging because you so you really have to communicate. And there's a point later where you're essentially running from a a ghost train mm-hmm. or something, so you have to follow this track. So we're shouting out things like, go, stop, turn 45 degrees. Uh-huh. And we had to like, navigate this thing that took quite a few tries, uh-huh. uh, but it was a cool system of kind of use, utilizing that teamwork of both of you have a different piece of the puzzle. Yes. Yeah. It kind of like, if this was implemented in horror, if there was a horror game for this, I think Saw would be a pretty good fit. Because yeah. their their whole shtick is like, you have to work together um, and make sacrifices to survive, but generally not other people. <laughs> the whole thing is like, what will you give of yourself to escape and help others escape? Um, but... That's a really cool idea. Um, I'm I'm a fan of that from a from a co-op perspective. Um, but I don't know. I guess I've played. I was going to say I don't really play horror games, but I've played more horror games now than I think I probably expected to ever do. Like there Dead Space a... kind of counts, but Amnesia, you know, would count. I would say that both of those count. That's kind of the extent of what I've probably played. Yeah, uh, I did play a little bit of Penumbra. Mm-hmm. and one or two other like Machine for Pigs I did that's another yep. Amnesia title mm-hmm. uh, that was a lot of eyes closed though that was that was uncomfortable Yeah, more so that's it wasn't fair. as like the horror is hidden it's like we're gonna have lots of pigs squealing I'm like oh this is terrible uh huh yeah there was a game that was going around on Twitch I'm forgetting the name of it but essentially you had to go and explore through the game, whatever you had to do to traverse from point mm-hmm. A to the eventual destination. But the mechanic was if you screamed or like made a loud uh, noise, okay. it would pick up on your mic and you'd get restarted back at the beginning. Gotcha. And reset all of your progress. That's pretty rough. Is it not like it just screamed and then there's like a cut scene and you die and it sends you back or is it just like we got you sc- you screamed <laughs> back to main menu what is because what you're describing while you look for this what you're describing mechanically is kind of how the uh the eyeless dogs work in uh lethal company right 
like sound is a detriment and there there are clips on youtube of people who are just like this game is biased against mechanical keyboard users <laughs> you just get your clicky clackies and <laughs> dog runs over an e2 my brain always goes to i got my swim trunks i got my clicky clackies uh-huh yeah so the game is actually just called don't scream gotcha okay well, uh, and it has like a little level that mm-hmm. kind of picks up but no it will just say like you lost you died whatever it is gotcha and just send you back hmm. but i think as you go it gets progressively spookier i'm sure there are some things that maybe you do have to run from right but it looks a lot more of like a first person view and it looks a lot more realistic than a game it looks yeah. a lot more like body cam gotcha okay yeah. so interesting concept oh yeah for sure i don't know i don't know if i would want to play something like that just because the novelty depending on how what their scream detection is my brain goes to the technical side right it's like what if somebody walks up and they're like hey do you want any dinner and your mic's just like that was a scream <laughs> go back right like that'd be pretty miserable um, or you just unplug your mic and you're like i win um, yeah yeah um, but i do like things that kind of utilize the technology in that way mm-hmm. um I'm sure we talked about this at some point. There was a game called. Uh, <laughs> you keep putting yourself in these positions. <laughs> I do. I got to never speak. I have to look something up actively ahead of time. It's called Before Your Eyes. Okay. Uh, this was oh, I, gifted I this to me one. by a friend. But anytime you blinked, mm-hmm. it would progress to the next scene. Yes. So if you wanted to immerse yourself in what was going on, you had to actively keep your eyes open and look around mm-hmm. to kind of get more of the story. But if you blinked, it would do a jump cut to maybe like a year in the future mm-hmm. to like the next scene. So I thought that was a really interesting way to leverage that. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those artsy tech demo type games mm-hmm. um, in a way. But that novelty is is really cool, right? If no one's done it before, you might as well do it, even if this isn't something that, you know, like is a conventional game. Um, so I, I, I do think that's really cool. Um Although I will, I will admit, um, for how advanced motion controls are and VR is and things like that, I don't really look for those in games. Um, like, it's been a long time since I used the VR headset for anything, um, and mostly I'm on PC, so I don't even have the option for motion controls most of the time. But even if I was playing like a Nintendo game, unless it's very explicitly like, hey motion controls are the best way to play this i I probably would leave them off no it's i feel like a lot of times it's just i wouldn't say a gimmick but Mm -hmm. like let's say you're a dark souls content creator Mm -hmm. and there's not a new souls game how do you essentially go back and make it different oh that's fair oh you have like a specific weapon run you have a hitless run you have a oh i'm gonna do this in vr first person where uh-huh. I have to literally tuck my head to do a roll type yes. thing. Um, you, you beat Dark Souls 2 with bongos as your yes. control. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine what sociopath would do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a way to really just mix it up. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm a very casual gamer in the, the respect of I want to play the game and have fun. Mm-hmm. I do want to go through the challenge of the game, but I don't want to go beyond that to make it more challenging for myself. Gotcha. If I beat mm-hmm. Elden Ring, good on me I had a good time mm-hmm. i don't want to go back and be like okay i can only use my da- my dance pad no uh-huh. i don't want to do that yeah it would be impressive for me to do and god bless the people who do mm-hmm. but i'm not a content creator i'm not gonna be streaming that for people to be like holy shit we literally have a podcast you're saying you're not a content creator I, we literally it's, no, I, but, but the, going back to the podcast that's the reason you can't do that we can't afford to spend time on challenge runs we need to be reviewing the next game um all the time constantly without a year and a half break where we don't cover any games <laughs> me looking at jake he's before my eyes um uh-huh. You blink, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> Jake lost yeah. a year of his life. Uh-huh. What are you playing recently, if not these horror games? So, easy answer is Pal World. Um, been playing that with with friends. Um, although not like a ton. We basically like play when we're together. So, uh, okay, qualifier. Over the weekend, I played a ton. I think I put like 24 hours in over Saturday and Sunday. Um. 
or something very close to it. Uh, but since then, like during the week, not as much. And we, we reset the save. Um, it's, it's interesting. Um, other than that, the old standbys, um, hots and Starcraft and stuff like that. And then I bought, uh, another game, which I haven't launched yet, which is like, um, is it against the storm? I think is what it's called. I've heard that name. Sounds like a game. Yeah, it's like a roguelike city builder, I think is the way to describe it. Hmm. Um, yes, it's against the storm. Because it was really really cheap on Steam. And I know I'm going to put some time on it, some time in it at some point. But Pal World, for the most part. I'll be honest. It, it seemed interesting, mm-hmm. but not enough for me to like jump on the train. Mainly because yeah. like, I just came off of dicking around in Valheim for three days on somebody else's server. Yes. And I was like, oh, we're we're kind of already slowed down on that. We're good. Um, yeah. So I got my survival kick. I got my survival jollies. Mm-hmm. Would you say that it is Pokemon with guns or more like Valheim with Pokemon? Uh, I mean, the guns really aren't a big part of it. <laughs> That's more of a selling point and like art thing than anything else. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it could just be any ranged attack, right? But it's it's Pokemon plus Valheim. <laughs> to give you, a, like, a non-answer, that pretty much is what it is. You do whatever, um, whether that's fighting, capturing Mons. I'm just going to call them Mons. They're pals in the game, of course. Um, crafting, building, whatever. Generally gets you experience, um, which unlocks, like, the option to put points to unlock tech. So you go from level one all the way up to 50, which is quite a lot for early access. Um, And most of the guns and rocket launchers and nonsense stuff like that are the high tier tech. The assembly line you can send pals to work at. Those are high tier things um, that would take a significant amount of time to get there in the game. Um, So most of the gameplay is building up your base. You know, you could do some farming, capture things, build out your team. They have the skill fruit, obviously, as it is Pokemon. Um, they have some dungeons, but that word evokes more interest than I think it deserves. In the case of this game, they're basically just caves with a boss at the end. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not bad. Um, it would be a lot worse if you couldn't like ride uh, pals around. You can get like a, a mount or like a flying mount. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. I like that. Um, so I'm going to play devil's advocate because mm-hmm. I know that Twitter exists. Sure. So basically the two things that I've heard around this are one, there's the obvious thing about there's this copyright question yes. whether or not they're going to get sued by Nintendo, who's notoriously very litigious mm-hmm. um, because some of their designs I think are very close. But the other thing I have heard is a lot of people are like, Hey, fuck Nintendo, fuck Nintendo. Mm-hmm. We're enjoying this game. Arceus should have been closer to this. Right. Because like they really haven't changed their game design at all, except for Arceus was like a little bit open world, but it was, I guess, very shallow to what we have for other open world games. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're <laughs> they're both probably right to some extent. There's a lot of stuff at play, right? There's the discussion of does is this something that might push Pokemon in a better direction? I think the answer to that could be yes. But then there's also like Game Freak doesn't usually make the best games. Like I, I now I will disclaim I'm not like a huge Pokemon fan. I haven't played a lot of them. But when people say like Arceus is not as good of an open world game as this, I fully believe it, right? I mean, part of it is on Nintendo Switch with whatever engine versus Unreal uh, for this. So this one like runs pretty smoothly, but mm-hmm. um, it's just a lot of it comes from the history of this game developer. They're called po- Pocket Pals or no, no, Pocket Tales. Pocket Tales is the name of the developer. They're in Japan and basically their shtick is ripping people off. <laughs> like... uh their other announced game. I'm trying to find the picture to send it to you. I think um, I know. Is it a uh, is it a Metroidvania? It's yes. That looks it, awfully like Hollow Knight. Is it that looks the one? amazingly like Hollow Knight, especially from from the picture. 
Um, and that's kind of their thing. Prior to that, like the games that they've released were like a Breath of the Wild clone, right? Um, and they took some of that stuff and they put it in this game. I mean, not the not in the case of the Metroidvania, but like it has aspects of Breath of the Wild. It has a bunch of stuff that looks like it was lifted pretty much from Valheim, right? Um, so from a this is an original thought perspective. The game has a lot of problems, right? If you're looking for originality. Um, but I mean, from a, I'm a consumer, I want the best product. Maybe this is a step on the path to um, Game Freak and the Pokemon company, like making a better open world game when they realize Pal World is one of the top two ever most played games on Steam. Yeah. Well, concurrent or just top played in general? Uh, like concurrent players. Okay. The other one I think um, is Counter Strike. Yeah, and it is the uh, for concurrent players. I think it was the highest uh, paid game for concurrent players ever. Like the other thing was a, a free to play game. So Damn. it literally, you know, if it has a good week, you know, maybe this week, it could be the most played game on Steam ever by concurrent players um that's kind of insane i mean it's yes. actually really saying a lot yeah that this i'll loosely use the term knockoff pokemon for the time being yeah even though that might be a little bit incendiary um has done so well for itself being from a smaller studio mm-hmm. um even if it is currently using a lot of other ideas from other places mm-hmm. um that that amalgam is doing so fucking well yes because like the reviews on Arceus, like i'm sure people were excited for Arceus to come out Mm -hmm. but it became mixed immediately yeah immediately whereas there was a big difference everything i see for power world is like we're having fun with it now granted Mm -hmm. there are other discussions around the other things we talked about but a lot of what i'm seeing is people having fun yeah so as an outsider who hasn't played the game i just hear people are enjoying it i'm like cool good for you exactly yeah and it's worth noting like for rcs the uh the reviewers were a lot more critical than the player base was and some people took that specifically like they took issue with that particularly because they're like the reason the pokemon franchise has not needed to get better is because the the players will buy they don't care whatever right here's a slight improvement it's an open world game that's so awesome i'm gonna just like play the entire game with that novelty versus other players that are like i've played open world games and this is a bad one right (laughs) so um we'll see it's the legal situation is going to be fun to track too as an adult (laughs) i would have i would have had no interest in this as a kid but like japan doesn't have any fair use um policy at all like if like ip is ip there mm-hmm. um and so a lot of people i mean uh pokemon company didn't release a statement saying that uh they were looking into this game until within i think 24 hours of when we recorded this podcast but yeah, they it was did very release... recent this happened yeah they did release that statement another comparison is earlier this week uh there was a mod that just literally changed the pals into pokemon that was taken down within 24 hours yes so there's a lot of stuff at play here. And also both of these companies are in Japan. The Pokemon company and the company, the developer. Pocket made Trails. This game. Yeah, Pocket Trails. Thank you. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen. Like it's going to come down to, is this infringement or not? And if it is, just expect Pocket Trails to be nuked off the face of the earth. Uh, I, I don't know if I would jump to that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess it is not <laughs> up to Nintendo for how much they pursue it, mm-hmm. but I think there is some grounds to definitely say, hey, there's some issue with these things. They might need to make modifications. Mm-hmm. Um, but like to a degree, I don't think they can fully own all aspects. Yeah, that's going to be the question. The, the gray area at the legal question here is, I think for a rational observer, this game was 100% inspired by Pokemon. Oh, inspired by 100%. Like, even use some of the designs? I would argue yes. Yeah. Um, 
The question is going to be, did they use AI to remix some of this stuff? Did they have animators come in and like have a picture of a Gardevoir up while they were designing their PAL over here? Um, but they specifically did not use that illustration. Like any part of that illustration, copy pasted over. Yeah, Those are going to be the legal questions. And it might be the reason that Nintendo didn't action this. They didn't move on this earlier. Um the CEO has said uh, for 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 pocket um, pocket trails that uh, there is no infringement, obviously, because that's <laughs> what a CEO would say. Regardless, what a weird stance to take. Uh huh. But uh, I don't know. We'll see, because it does mean something, regardless of what happens here, right? Like, well, three cases. One, they explicitly did infringe, like. It comes out in Discovery or whatever the Jap- Japanese equivalent is, mm-hmm. legal discovery, that they straight up like had assets. There's just models of Pokemon on like everyone's computers <laughs> and they just have like homebrewed Game Boys all over the place and all this nonsense. Um, that's the least interesting outcome. In that case, Pocket Trails goodbye. <laughs> right. Um, case two would be like they used it for inspiration, but they didn't directly copy anything from the game but there's a lot of freaking inspiration right here right and if that lands on their side and it's just like yeah you could just like copy paste dead space almost but not actually (laughs) just make your own dead space that's probably covered right like this is that would be a crazy precedent to set that would be and i would personally hate that Mm -hmm. because i mean when Minecraft popped off, I think it wasn't too long where we saw a lot of Minecraft clones pop up. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that a lot of those were, one, very shitty, and mm-hmm. two, very distinct. Yeah. Like, I like this Ironically. open world um, auto-generated thing where I can kind of collect resources and build things. Very sandbox environment. Mm-hmm. But I think everybody wanted to have their own spin on it to see maybe mine will be the next iteration of Mm -hmm. this formula. Nobody really tried to copy paste Minecraft, but they're like, Hey, um, hitting stuff to destroy it, building stuff up. That was Mm -hmm. kind of like the core premise that stuck around with those. Uh, even with dark souls clones, um, Mm -hmm. again, clone is the loose term for this is a souls. Like was clearly inspired by dark souls, but they're, there's so many that don't even come close to being Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Like Lies of P, very yeah. distinctly Lies of P. It's very much its own thing. Now, was it based in that genre? 100%. Was Dark mm-hmm. Souls the first to really do that? Kind of, yeah. But I don't think it gets into infringement of anything by any means. Right. Yeah. Like if you don't steal the story, and you don't steal the assets, but you pretty much, as far as the game feel and look and music and style, and in this case, kind of font for you know Breath of the Wild, like everything looks like something else Nintendo. Um, but it's not. But maybe it's not completely. And uh, it's an interesting question because usually, like companies don't want to outright be so close to the original product right like if you showed this to somebody and you cropped out the guns people could be like oh what's the new pokemon game right yeah legit that's what it looks like um the last outcome is it is inspired but they win it right it's inspired by pokemon but pocket trails wins and that's the one where it's like or was that case two? I can't remember that if that was, was case, case two. two. That was case two. Okay. Case three is it's inspired by Pokemon, the Pokemon company, and the Pokemon company wins. In which case, like, that pushes the legal uh, establishment a little bit more towards, you got to make sure that your game's different than other people's games, right? Like, if it's inspired by another game, it's got to be visually different, all this other stuff. I'm knee jerky a little bit away from three Mm -hmm. as far as the desired outcome just because i know there are lots of smaller development teams who want to make games people are very passionate about their industry and what they want to make and put out into the world Mm -hmm. Uh, and i would hate to see like a small company or team get shut down because 
we have such a gray area of what actually counts as it. It's not defined to where somebody could say this one thing is too similar. You're gone. Yes. Right. Like I wouldn't like us to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, You could have a chilling effect, right? Where you're like, I think that this game is pretty different, but I see this other game that's sort of similar to what I have going on. Am I in danger? Yeah. And that's a weird place to be. But if like the end result is we kind of hash out, Hey, we either need a number of distinct things or if we actually set some ground rules to say mm-hmm. this is or this isn't, mm-hmm. uh, that would be nice, I think, from both sides to say, hey, uh, here's what stuff you have to avoid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Maybe it doesn't even, if it doesn't go to a legal case, which is also a valid possibility, right? The last thing the Pokemon company said was that they're looking into it. I think that's also big. That's really big. It means that, you know, um, people can make Pokemon like games. Very, very like games. (laughs) Um, And maybe start to encroach upon some of that ground, that that holy ground that the Pokemon company has uh, had a monopoly over for a really long time. So um, we'll see. The only other thing I'll mention about the game is that the survival crafting component of it is actually pretty good (laughs) it has like a fair amount of tech things you unlock at every level and it feels like there's always something you could be doing in the game and the world is too big like really really big um for dedicated servers you can have up to 32 players and i was um talking about it last night i was like i think that you could literally split into four groups of eight and like establish bases across the map. And as long as you're being a little bit subtle about it, you don't build it on like a mountaintop or something, there's a good chance you would not be able to find all the bases. <laughs> <laughs> like you could have a PvP server where it took like actual days for people to find each other. Oh damn. Um, I didn't realize it was that big from the from the map. It's really big. Um and I was like, I don't have the fastest mounts, but I was just exploring and stuff, checking out the biomes, and it's a lot. So I'm enjoying it. Um, <laughs> who knows what the ethics come out, right? <laughs> yeah, if they're that's... like, we murdered puppies to make this game, I'll be like, I'm against it. I don't like that. <laughs> but otherwise, uh, it, it kind of um, it, it has a little bit of that Valheim effect, I think where it was just word of mouth had this massive explosion. Um, and if you can land between major game releases, like it's, it's pretty good apparently to, to do that. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. It is kind of crazy that like, this is the, the biggest talking point in the gaming sphere at the moment. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's just, like I said, between major game releases, this is like the, the one thing that it's seemingly everybody's playing. And also yeah. a lot of this stuff will always be kind of pioneered. I don't want to say pioneered by Twitch, but like signal boosted by Twitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's one of the things with Lethal Company too, right? You see all these streamers playing it. Mm-hmm. Everybody else starts playing it. Um, so it's it's in the zeitgeist. Yes. That's a good term for it. For sure. It's not often think... you get to use that word. So <laughs> uh-huh. when you can, it's fun. You can. We use it more than less sophisticated podcasts, obviously. Um, it, we're just going to have an episode where we just use the word zeitgeist as much as possible. Just Everyone hates us. Um, what have you been playing? <laughs> that was my answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got there. Holy shit. Um, I mean, passively, the occasional Dota 2, uh, mm-hmm. the occasional Lethal Company, a lot of times, like, I'll play games if people invite me, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's just stress being a tired person in their 30s or mm-hmm. I don't know. But I haven't really had the drive to check out new games for a bit. Yeah. I still want to check out Alan Wake 2, mm-hmm. um, but I was looking at some budgeting stuff, and I just did some quick math on upcoming expenses uh, mm-hmm. relating to a dog and that's already a grand it's already a grand right there um, yeah yeah i was like fair. oh okay so i'll probably chill on that for a bit i also want to get a tattoo still yeah 
which that's that's another grand if you get a good one you know <laughs> i'm just kidding. I'm, it's I not, it's, fucking hope i'm not spending a grand goddamn another thousand dollars i would like to get another one the size of the, the hollow knight tattoo mm-hmm. if for possible. the uh for the audience that didn't weren't paying attention to the screen just then dave showed his hollow knight i, hollow I forget knight. if i posted it on <laughs> on facebook one time after i promised i would it probably probably there's a good chance uh, people know what Hollow Knight looks like. And if they don't, they can just wait for the next Pocket Trails game. <laughs> and then they'll have a pretty good idea. Um, I'm joking. Uh, my, my go-to joke for that is uh, Silk, Silk Song at Home. Um, so expect to hear that a couple more times. You also mentioned Alan Wake. Callback. Uh, he's being added as a survivor to Dead by Daylight. Really? Bam. Yeah. Uh, no killer though. A lot of times, the, their chapter will have a killer and a survivor, right? Like uh, uh, Leon and Nemesis or something yeah. like that. I'm but the darkness. <laughs> the darkness. Yes, they already have a character who is who is the darkness, kind of in quotes. Oh, from um, what? It's the ah crap. I can't remember his name. It's one of the originals. It didn't come from an IP. Okay. Um, and it is a collection of. It's the dredge is what it's called. It's a collection of like bones and body parts and stuff like that. That's just like attached to this moving shadow, (laughs) which is kind of a little creepy. Like one of them has like a horse head in there and stuff. And it's just uh, pretty miserable, pretty, pretty, pretty rough. Um, It's kill animation is it will like like have like bone sides grab the person and then just pull them into itself like just into shadow um uh it can also teleport between the lockers on the map that's it's kind of like mechanic one of them Mm -hmm. and if a person is in that locker when it goes to like teleport to it or they enter the locker trying to like hide or something while the dredge is there it'll just like grab them and then emerge and be carrying them it's it's great (laughs) Very cool. I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. But that, I would say weirdly that is close to what I want to get for my tattoo. <laughs> well, I'll I'll send you. We'll see if the uh, if the tattoo can get any more inspiration with an, an actual depiction. Um, but if not, that's fine too. It looks very creepy. It's it's probably the closest thing to an actual scary thing in that game. Um, but I would say. If you guys have ideas for Dave's tattoo, you got to send those in. It's the only way. It's the only way. It's democracy at work, pretty much. I think by, um, by popular vote. <laughs> yeah. It's going to it be something dumb knowing the Internet. It's just going to be like boats and hose or something like that. What's the uh, pixel thing that they do on Twitch? Um, do you know the sure. pixel map they do? Uh, oh, you talking about place on Reddit? Or are you thinking of something else? Is it place on Reddit? I know that Reddit has place where like people could change one pixel every hour or something. Okay. And they all... I think yeah. different Twitch communities will interact with that mm-hmm. and try and get like their own section of it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I thought that'd be funny to do as like a tattoo design. That would um, be funny. And impossible for a tattoo artist to do <laughs> as you have three billion pixels. There were like subcultures. I, I I don't spend as much time on Reddit, but back when place happened, either the first or second time, subcultures would be taken over little sections, and it was mm-hmm. very funny to see like hentai trying to get some representation <laughs> on the board. <laughs> it was it was pretty crazy. That's always entertaining, mainly to see the the actual picture instead of like the the whole thing going on uh uh-huh. it was just a banner they weren't trying to get banned or anything okay my, my tattoo is not less like this than i thought <laughs> yes um but it is very creepy looking and creepy to be chased by the dredge or you guys can join the discussion on facebook facebook.com slash soapstone podcast and as always we'll see you in the next one goodbye